Hello everyone, hope you're all doing well. Uh, my name is Josh Shippen, I'm here today reviewing every single one of Drake's studio albums. Um, this is a review that I wasn't really that excited for. I had listened to very select amounts of Drake's discography, hadn't really been impressed, and when I went on to do the studio albums, that really, I'm going to give you a tease. It, it continued. I'm not excited about these albums. There are some moments on here which I do like, and we will certainly talk about those. But for the most part, it was a little bit of a disappointment. I did also want to mention that we won't be reviewing any of the mixtapes or extended plays on here, as uh, we kind of haven't been doing on the past ones. Also with collaborative albums, we have kind of touched on Kids See Ghost once, but for the most part, they've been avoided. I will be reviewing them on new reviews. So like we have the Silk Sonic review coming out an evening of Silk Sonic by Anderson Pock and Bruno Mars. When we do that, I'm planning on also giving you my take on Yes Laud from Anderson Pock from a few years ago. Still I Rise with Tupac and Outlaws that we never really got to. And Wizard with Kid Cudi and I'm dropping who the other one is right now. But you'll certainly know when I review it. Anyways, for Drake, it's it's not an exciting discography at all. So we're going to start with his first album, Thank Me Later. This is his 2010 project, and it starts off with Fireworks, which is basically Drake talking about his rise to fame, how much it means to him. It's kind of a wasted feature by Alicia Keys, but it does have a, it's a forget, uh, fitting beginning to the track with some good lines from Drake. And from here on out, this is going to be the start of a lot of what is going to be not only the placeholder for Drake, but the the style of song that Drake copies over and over and over again in each album, in basically every song. Kind of a R&B beat with Drake uh, featuring some dreamy lyrics. This will be the case in songs like Karaoke, The Resistance, and Over. And what's really disappointing about the song Over is that it has a Lil Wayne feature, but it's a Lil Wayne feature on sort of an R&B beat, which is not, I think, what you bring Lil Wayne in for. And that ruins the song somewhat even more. Show me a good time. I'm not a fan of the annoying sound effect in the beat track. There's probably one or two of those kind of tracks where I feel that way on every album, but it's especially annoying on here. But um, Drake is rapping at a high level following a lot of kind of singing, um, singing stuff with his R&B tracks, which hasn't been working to, hasn't been working very well, hasn't been really capturing my interest, isn't very interesting. Up All Night, Fancy, and Shut It Down are, well, not Shut It Down, Up All Night and Fancy are tracks that do pick up the tempo a lot. I like when Drake is actually like rapping instead of singing over an R&B beat. I think it's working a lot better. That's not really going to work to my advantage because a lot of Drake's catalog is more of that dreamy, atmospheric R&B sound. But when he's rapping, it's more exciting. I think his lyrics get better, and I just think it's a something that's better to listen to overall. So that's something to keep in mind going forward, especially when we're going to talk about an album like Scorpion, which we'll get to later. Unforgettable is a track that uh, manages to catch a memorability and flow that the other R&B songs are failing to replicate. Um, 
And so far of all the chill tracks, this is by by far one of the best. I think Drake would have been able to hand this song on his own because the talent gaps between him and the features are pretty significant. Uh, this is this comes right before Light Up, which has similar vibes, although this one is a little more dark. The beat is a little more spacey, has a really great feature from Jay-Z. A lot of the lyrics on this uh, album are very passable, and I wouldn't say they're anything more than passable. There's certainly a lot of bars about Drake's rise to fame following his mixtapes, his love obsessions, which are not as tedious on this one, but will start to get tedious on the next one. Um, CC's Interlude and Find Your Love are both forgettable R&B beats, but Find Your Love does have better lyrics, I think. Miss Me has really strong lyrics across an excellent beat. And Thank Me Now is the start of a trend with Drake that I'm not really a fan of with uh, outros that don't really seem to fit at all. I think he does fix this later. But for now, they just sound really out of place. More, He puts more of the fast-paced songs at the... Well, not even fast-paced songs. One fast-paced song at the end. All the fast-paced songs in the middle. All the R&B songs at the beginning. And then between the fast songs in the middle and the fast song at the end. It's a mix of R&B and pipe tracks. Somewhat. It just kind of flip-flops. This is one of the Drake tracks that I think has the best length. It's only an hour long, and that's all, that's how long a Drake track needs to be, especially considering how repetitive his lyrics are, how repetitive his flows are, and really how repetitive everything is from Drake. A lot of the albums later will come up to 80 minutes or 90 minutes, and that's just entirely too long for a Drake album. I don't want to be listening to Drake for that long at all. I don't think anybody else really wants to either. This is going to take us to our next project, Take Care, which is one of those longer albums. And I think uh, despite the fact that a lot of people like this album, and I do too, it, it does feel, it feels an hour and 10 minutes long. It opens with Over My Dead Body, which is a song that's a little more tedious, but the, not a little more tedious, but a little tedious. The start of the Drake verse is pretty clean once it finally comes after that minute of instrumentals that's at the beginning. I really enjoy listening to the intros that Drake chooses to use, and this is the typical sophomore album intro of Drake being amazed by the greatness and the fame that his last album brought him. Unfortunately, this is the type of intro that Drake pretty much brings into all of his tracks, and it's at some point, it's like, we get it, dude. You are amazed by what all of the fame has brought you, and you're going to sing about it on the first track. It gets so tedious, in fact, that it's just... Uh, it borders on the unlistenable if you're listening to Drake album on Drake album on Drake album. And, and it would get unlistenable for any artist, but especially for Drake, an artist who's already extremely repetitive, it's just not very um, fun to listen to. Shot for Me not only has the same message as the first song, but kind of adds a sex anthem vibe, which as Drake continues with every album, he seemingly gets more and more kind of obsessed with this sex idea and frankly with being a female manipulator. And a lot of these lyrics are starting to come on Shot for Me. Headlines has a lot more energy in the instrumental, but I really don't feel like Drake is necessarily man matching the energy with his verse or... Uh, anything like that in the whole song except for the small moments is just a little uh 
just separated as far as Drake and the instrumental that's along with it. Crew Love is a song that I think um, Drake is trying to draw from The Weeknd, who he features. I think as far as the R&B side, Drake's influence definitely sounds like more of a The Weeknd thing. While as far as rapping, Drake sounds like Lil Wayne a whole lot, like a lot, a lot, which in the first one, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, especially with the two Lil Wayne features. But you really do want to see him kind of develop his own style, which he is starting to do. But everything, again, just sounds so, so similar that it's hard to separate that style from Lil Wayne. But I do think he does it enough. Uh, Take Care is a song where I feel like Rihanna is a little underutilized, especially with an artist where she could they could work very well together. I think Drake does have some of his best verses on this song across a really catchy beat. Marvin's Room is a song that I can tell is trying to be an introspective interlude with a love song intertwined, but the lyrics really end up killing the vibe. And the message that the song is trying to send is also really a turnoff for me. At the three minute mark, it starts to have some decent tempo, but the song has really already worn on me at this point. I like the piano instrumentals at the end, but by the end, whew, I just want this song to be over. Buried Alive Interlude. If there's one thing that I hate in any album, this isn't just a Drake album, in any album that makes me extremely upset, it's a wasted Kendrick feature. If you want an example of a, and they, uh, Kid Cudi did it in his Indicud record as well. If you want a totally wasted Kendrick feature, listen to Buried Alive interlude. It's disappointing. Underground Kings, uh, the transition from the interlude to this track is a little poor, but the flow and the beat are much more intense on this song, and it's a lot more enjoyable than a lot of the songs on this record. Will Be Fine contains the best flow on the record, coupled with extremely strong lyricism, actually. A catchy hook and an energetic beat. The feature is also excellent. Make Me Proud um, is another song where the album one-ups itself with tempo, with flow. The electronic beat is really, really catchy. Uh, I do think it's curious that the fast songs, again, I'm going to bring this up again, are on kind of the middle to back half of the album, while all of the R&B stuff is on the front. I don't know why it's structured that way, because I feel like it works better when there's a mix of them, so you're keeping all audiences interested. Because if I wasn't listening to this for a review, after probably the third or fourth song, maybe we get to Marvin's Room, I'm just like, I can't. I can't anymore. It's too slow. It's too repetitive. There's not enough going on lyrically. I'm out. Uh, The song, let's see, I got distracted. The song Lord Knows, the choral backing on this one really, really contributes to the grandiose nature that the song is trying to pull off, brings a really, really strong energy to the songs. This is actually one of my favorite on the track listing. The energy is continuing and the lyricism is certainly improved. Cameras slash good ones go interlude medley, uh, reintroduces the space sea vibe, the atmospheric vibe, and Drake's lyrics at some point actually sound a little slurred, which can get a little hard to listen to because his voice kind of is already hard to listen to. It's very robotic. It's very... And at some point around the five minute mark, it sounds like a different song has started, but it's really just that good ones go interlude, which is so unnecessary that all of these songs are four minutes five minutes six minutes because really i want a three minute drake song 
especially with the lack of a message, especially with how repetitive everything is. And I'm sorry I keep bringing that up over and over again, but that really is the consummate product of what Drake is bringing us at this point. Because as far as a leap in talent or a leap in changing the record around, or versatility, let's say that, I think his biggest leap is from his first album to Take Care because once his sound is developed and his style is developed, it will stay at this development level. There is one album we'll get to that I do believe expands on this a little bit, but for now, it's it, it, it has expanded to what will pretty much be its peak on this record. Moving on, we've got The Real Her, which doesn't work for me because its instrumentals are which are sort of like the kill shot instrumentals where uh the kill shot the disc track that eminem made where they kind of have that where they're kind of fading away and it just doesn't sound good with drake especially when it's not a fast pace it's that r&b type of song that's just really hard to listen to Look What You've Done is a great intro with the piano track, a nice mix of the R&B and the trap aesthetic because Drake can skip, uh, spit bars over what is clearly a very well-put-together instrumental. He's almost being emotional, one of the best songs on the album, great lyrics. I do think the trap beat gets laid under the pian- pianos a little too late and then disappears. It's okay, though. This is This has a lot going for it where the other songs do not. Uh, HYFR, Drake's vocals at some point are not matching up well with the beat track, especially in the intro. The Lil Wayne feature is much better than the last one, though. That's all I really care about. There seems to be a few songs uh, that are spread out, pretty much one or two in each album, where I feel like Drake isn't doing a good job of rapping over a beat. Whether that's poor production or whether that's Drake just being lazy, I don't know. But it's it's very prevalent on this song practice is a song that is almost seductive um the beat of the next track works really well but drake's singing really ruins what has the potential to be an okay song the ride drake's monologue at the beginning is a bit of an eye roll and this confrontational track isn't one to be excited about the song also feels one verse too long the motto is a track that really belongs in the middle and I feel like is an excellent song. The claps and the trap beat combine for one of the better instrumentals on this track and the track starts out fast, really fast. Really good lyrics on this one as well. The album's ending is a little abrupt though, which is why I say that maybe have the ride be the intro and put the motto in with all these other songs like, uh, let's see, Lord Knows, uh, Make Me no 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 underground kings will be fine just this energetic flow this fast start it really is a thing that belongs in the middle even though it's kind of a very triumphant outro that's not what this album has been about other than those fast tracks in the middle the track has been a slow r&b journey it's been drake talking about all of his love interests and you don't need a fast track at the end there's no purpose for it so overall, I'm going to just kind of reiterate what I said about Take Care in that it's an improvement on Thank Me Later somewhat, but it's it's kind of the peak where we're going to get. I feel like this is Drake's final lyrical hurrah before everything either stays the same 
or decreases in quality because later it will become really unlikable sometimes. And I don't think it's ever truly unlikable on here. There are some eye roll moments, but there's just not unlikable moments yet. They will come though. Nothing Was the Same is a, a album that finally has the correct length. I think for the last time on a Drake album, it's um, a good length to have. I think it's about an hour and 10 minutes, which is still really long. Not really long, but fairly long. I do think that a lot of the quote bangers on here are not that great. Started from the bottom is a song that has goosebumps syndrome in that started from the bottom, started from the bottom. Like just, there's not a lot going for a song when they just repeat one line over and over again. A lot of the singing on these tracks, especially on Further Thing, is leaps and bounds uh, better than what it's been on the last two albums. The lyrics have shown some amount of improvement on some of these songs, and really just a steep downfall on some of the other ones. Uh, The kind of the bonus track for the deluxe version, All Me, is a song where, dang, 2 Chains kills this verse. And I love, love, love 2 Chains features, by the way. And that holds true here with this verse. Big Sean's verse on this track is also okay. I feel like it reaches a low point with some of the pitched vocals in the middle, but it's okay. It's better than Drake's verse, which feels low energy and just not it, it effort effortless, but in the worst way possible. And those are things that'll bleed over into Certified Lover Boy, which we'll talk about later. But man, are some of the features outperforming Drake on that record? Um, other than that, songs like The Language are just kind of that sex anthem. Even if it's a little energetic, it still has that R&B flow. And it's pretty much Drake talking about similar topics. Although this is where Drake starts to find himself to be a little more manipulative. Um, he'll talk about things like wanting women to change and offering that sex appeal as something like a reward for changing, which is a really toxic mindset and not something that a multi-millionaire artist should be encouraging. A lot of other stuff like that Drake talks about. I don't really want to get into it that much. I'll just kind of leave it at that. It's just really not a good look for Drake. Moving on. Views. Views has the first intro, which I feel like isn't just an anthem about Drake's fame, where Drake has come, because I don't remember if we talked about that with Tuscan Leather on the last one, but that's really all Tuscan Leather was, and it was like, ugh, we've heard this before, say something else. But Keep Family Close is a little bit of a corny song about keeping family because friends will screw you over and it's messy rapping over a beat that almost sounds like a mexican standoff song you know like one of those whistling westerns guns in the pockets all that uh nine is a song that does have a very atmospheric vibe the flow and the lyrics are pretty and stereotypical for the type of or no pretty weak and stereotypical for this track not enjoying it. This album is being made to sound way more like an atmospheric album, even than the last ones, like to a 
pretty strong degree a bigger atmospheric vibe than the last ones, which is there's nothing wrong with that when your lyrical content is strong enough to support it. With Drake, it's really not. Everything that I've complained about with Drake's lyrics is translated onto here with songs like You With Me, Feel No Ways. It does, again, start to pick up that tempo with Hype, which is really just a hype song. That's it. And I feel like when Drake is trying to do those things, again, he's better. I don't like Drake when he's doing these slow R&B nonsense songs because they're never about something I want to hear about. They're never about something new. Drake never has anything to say. And if you wanted to really say one consummate thing about all of Drake's music, Drake is not a artist that's meant for passive entertainment, but he has absolutely nothing to say, which the difference between passive entertainment and conscious entertainment is something that we kind of touched on during the Eminem review. With artists like ASAP Mob, 2 Chains, Big Sean, to an extent, and 2 Chains to an extent, I guess. Let's just use ASAP Mob, Lil Uzi, and Playboy Cardi as examples. Those are examples of passive entertainment. They may not have that much to say, even if there is a story on some of their albums like Whole Lot of Red. Uh, they are meant for passive entertainment, and you don't have to get behind their message. But with Drake's album, where everything is so heavily reliant on lyrical content that you cannot enjoy it for passive entertainment because it is so boring, Drake has to bring something to the table, and he just absolutely fails every single time. And that is the point where I think Drake fails for me as an artist. Because I can get behind some of these songs like Hype, or like some of the other songs that we've talked about across the last few albums. But there are, there's not enough of those. Moving back to our album, though, uh, there's, it's really just kind of the same atmospheric R&B across most of the record. Child's Play is a song where I think the lyrics are, and the message are really off-putting. Um, in pop style, the instrumentals are so off-key with the singing that it has to be on purpose to make any sense at all. But I, for the life of me, I can't figure out why a producer would sign off on a record that sounds like that. Too Good is a song that's catchy but ultimately meaningless, which is okay, except if you're trying to get an album like Views where there's clearly a message but it's so poorly presented that it doesn't matter anymore. Um Grammys is a song where I feel like Drake is absolutely at his strongest when he's rapping instead of singing. And this song has energy and is one of my favorites on the album. Uh, the, the closer track, Hotline Bling, is kind of a repeat of what we talked about with uh, Nothing Was The Same and uh, Take Care where the closing track is kind of one of those hype tracks that's usually in the middle of a Drake album. I don't get why it's here. I don't get why Views isn't the closer. I think that would make more sense. But whatever. I'm, I'm fine with it at this point. I don't care. Now, Scorpion. I don't like that this album has a B-side. I don't like it when my Drake albums are 90 minutes long. But this album 
is one of the better structured albums on its first disc. It's an easier listen. It doesn't feel one hour and 30 minutes. Views felt its length, which was about 80 to 90 minutes, if I remember right. I felt the length of views, and it was bad. But Scorpion has some really interesting songs on it. Not from a lyrical standpoint, just from a tempo standpoint, a rapping standpoint. It's, it's more interesting to me. Survival uh, has one of the better opening sequences and Drake intros of since way, way back with Thank Me Later. Really loved the video game sounds and the instrumental as well. Nonstop is a track that follows Survival up very well. It's the most trap-inspired sound that Drake has ever brought, and I really enjoy listening to it. And God's Plan is probably my favorite Drake song of all time. Really catchy lyrics across what's a really fun beat. But this album hits a low point again with I'm Upset, which is so whiny and pissy that it's really hard to listen to. Like, cringeworthy almost. 8 out of 10 is really Drake rapping over a no-beat intro in the beginning, which immediately turns me off to the song. And after that, it just kind of sounds tacky and out of place. Mob Ties is another in trap-inspired beat that ends up working out really well. Uh, probably... The next best to survival and nonstop in God's plan. Drake's flow is admittedly not as good in those two in those songs as it is in this one. I was a little jumbled. He sounds like his he's on his low end stuff for half the album and his young thug impression on the other part of the album or song rather, which is fine. Honestly, if he's imitating an artist like that, I feel like he's doing it better. And he's not doing his stupid R&B love songs, which is all I care about. Unfortunately, that all I care about stuff is what's going to continue for the B-side of this whole album. And if, if I thought the first lyrics were really manipulative and controlling and just not attractive in any way, shape, or form, try listening to some of the ones on here with Summer Games, Jaded, Finesse. Oh, finesse. I had a lot of bad things to say about that. Uh, Jaded is one of the worst sounding instrumentals and the way it's mixed with Drake's voice is extremely off-putting as well. The lyrics are just... Uh, um, Ratchet Happy Birthday sounds like something that really belonged in the first half of the album, but it's not a good song at all. It's one of the worst produced Drake songs of all time. Uh, Blue Tint is a song where I can absolutely get down with the beat and the tempo, and it's highly entertaining. In my feelings, the flow and the lyricism really reminds me of God's Plan. Again, these are tracks that I see more in the first half than the B-side. I don't really understand the album structure. I don't really like the album structure, but um, if it's just a bunch of tracks thrown around, I feel like that's okay at this point. March 14th is... Drake kind of on his Cole stuff, J. Cole. But I feel like of all the artists that Drake has tried to imitate, including but not limited to Lil Wayne, The Weeknd, and Young Thug, and J. Cole, Cole is the one that Drake does worst and the one that I'm most annoyed at because J. Cole's one of my favorites. So we are almost done with the Drake albums. And we're so close. We gotta get through Certified Lover Boy, though. 
Now, the intro of Certified Lover Boy actually gave me hope for this album. Champagne Poetry was a different mix of Drake's sounds, different instrumental. Changed the way he sounds. Sounded extremely exciting. He did steal a really good line from Big Sean, though. I'm upset about that. But other than that, it just sounded so promising. And then it fell off so much from there. It started with Poppy's song where Drake seems to finally care about his kids, something that was apparently a problem with his beef with Pusha T and kind of a criticism of Drake that he wasn't a very good father. And I can kind of see it because Drake seems to care about his kids in this monologue, but the only reason he apologizes for them in the beginning is that he couldn't get their clout up, which is a horrible reason to apologize. I'm sure there's some deeper message of some sort behind that, but it comes off as really tacky and insincere, which I don't like at all. Girls Want Girls is kind of the start of a trend where all of Drake's features sound like they're putting in more effort and they're better than Drake, which is a problem. In the Bible is an okay song that features really excellent bars from Lil Durk and some okay vocals from Givian. I feel like the best way to go about this album is just say, listen to these tracks for these features and then ignore the rest. Love All, Jay-Z does great on this song. Lyrics from Drake are passable. Fair Trade features Travis Scott going ridiculous and Drake doing nothing to compliment it. Way Too Sexy is a really embarrassing song. Features on it. That's the only good thing about it is that Features on it. And I think every time Future's on a Drake song, he's outperforming Drake. Even if, Or I would say, except if he's only there for a little bit. TSU is a really, has like consists of a really weird intro and then talks about Drake like manipulating a stripper after she's trying to get her life together to do stuff for him and he's going to do stuff for her. And it's like, uh, um, Knife Talk is a painfully weak and transparent song that tries to build Drake up as this tough rapper who's been in the hood and all that. And I don't think that Drake needs to build that up because he's built the other persona that kind of already says that that's not who Drake is. And I feel like that's fine. We need one of those in rap anyway. Why can't, what's so hard about just being that person? I do think that um, it's... It's really revealing just how much effort it seems like Drake is putting into this latest album. It just seems like such a such a attempted long diss of Kanye because I was like, "Oh, look, I'm releasing this right next to Donda and it's outdoing in sales, but there's nothing on here." I'm not so much a fan of Donda either, but there was a lot going on, a lot to like, a very inspirational message with the mix of that Christianity and his mom, there was, there was good stuff on there. Um, other than that, there's just nothing else on this album. I didn't like it. Uh, I am Y2 is something that's just a total waste of a Kid Cudi feature. Uh, that's it for Drake guys. I can't anymore. I just can't. Um, yeah, next we're going to be reviewing the Silk Sonic record, the collaborative album, along with Yes Lod, Still I Rise, and Wizard. After that, you guys, we're reviewing every studio album of 
2 chains. Woo! I am so, so excited for this, you guys. This is going to be a great review. So, I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening. This is Josh Shipman.